The house stood silent, but for the sound of servants, making ready for the day that lie ahead. The clock in the hall chimed six, and I rose to find my day attire, neatly laid out and pressed for the transition between rested sleep in the large hand-carved four-post bed and breakfast of toast and tea. This was the best way to start the day, a touch of something light to eat. I washed in cold water poured from the large flower-decorated jug, which quickly brought me to my senses. I gazed out from one of the front bedroom windows, which I opened and breathed that first breath of daylight, cold and crisp. A deep sense of fulfillment and gratitude came over me as I surveyed all that lay before me from the lake and stone bridge to the left to the larger lake below. This was the view I liked the most. I felt like a ruler in this element, knowing that every bit of this was mine, and more besides, I felt truly blessed. But knowing this was inherited and not earned also made me feel humble. I turned and moved quietly toward my wife Charlotte, stirring slowly from her slumber. She disliked rising early, so I sat next to her on the wicker chair and waited a while for her eyes to open. To be greeted by a smile, I always thought would somehow brighten the day, even if it was cloudy and cold outside. This had grown to be a sort of habit of mine, which in one way I suppose showed caring and fondness for the one I loved. I stroked her soft yellow hair, and she woke slowly and held my hand and held it softly, smiling in appreciation of the act. Good morning, James. Did you sleep well? Her soft voice muttered half asleep. Very well indeed, the reply. Cleared of the haziness of the night before, when fine cigars in the company of family playing charades with children and cards in the library with the males of the family, which is where we usually went to communicate on matters financial and converse about matters political, I will go and check to see if the children are awake, knowing full well that they would be. They were both early risers, not prone to languishing in their cots. They shared a room, for they were not old enough to have a room of their own just yet. Emily greeted me the same as always. Good morning, Papa. She said, launching herself at me from her cot. She hugged me tight around my waist, for at the age of six she only stood a little over four feet tall. Good morning, Emmy. I said in a soft tone, for depth of voice was meant for older children of the male gender. Papa, I wish you would not call me Emmy, for I am much too old for that. I smiled and replied. After lessons today, you will be helping cook in the kitchen. Do as she tells you, for I wish the cake you will be helping her with will be the talk of the ball. Charles stood already dressed near the back of the room, with his hands folded behind his back, trying to copy me. I think, at ten years old, quite tall for his age, which gave the impression of him being older. He stood with an appearance that surpassed his years. They were both very different. He was more like his mother, a staunch advocate of the way of life befitting his station. My daughter was like me, down to earth with a high regard for people of a so-called lower station. Good morning, Charles. No hug. You'd better take those clothes off, or you're helping Tom in the garden today. I know that sooner or later I would defeat the bourgeoisie attitude of his, but not now. Maybe when he has grown up, I thought. Funny. Our children seem to take after one parent or another. The passageway outside the bedroom, leading to the great staircase, was full of the trappings of wealth. Suits of armor would flash silver in the early hours of the morning light to come. They were positioned so that somehow the sunlight created moving shadows, bringing them to life. 
The light was then reflected in the oak panelling which lined the walls of the long central corridor, giving a sort of harmony to the scene. I glided my finger over the rail at waist height, out of pure habit, searching for dust, but I knew I would not locate any, for I knew that the people who worked for me always kept the house shipshape. I would not refer to them as servants, for that would turn me into a master, which I suppose by birthright I was, but the whole idea of the master and servant was abhorrent to me. I preferred to treat all people the same using first names, if possible, to the disappointment of my wife, so I tended not to use first names in my wife's company, with the exception of close friends who numbered few.